Section 18 of Hildebrand and His Times by William Richard Ward Stevens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 13. The Struggle in Germany Between Henry and Rudolf. Death of Rudolf. Wiebert, Archbishop of Ravenna, elected antipope. Henry crowned by the antipope in Rome. Rome occupied by Robert Guiscard sack of rome death of gregory estimate of his character and work death of robert guiscard ten seventy seven to ten eighty five part one as soon as henry heard of the resolution at forsheim he set out from pavia for germany and sent messengers to the pope asking for his support but gregory gave the same reply to him as he had given to rudolph he would hear both sides and uphold the more righteous. Having spent Easter, April 15, 1077, near Aquileia, he crossed the Corinthian Alps, the more westward passes being occupied by Rudolf's friends, and made his way without opposition to Regensberg, where he was cordially received on May 1st. The people of Bavaria, Schwabia, and Burgundy were ready to fight for him the bishop of augsburg and the patriarch of aquileia worked energetically on his behalf and few or none of the bishops in alsace or lotharingia were actively opposed to him his enemies were much disconcerted they had clearly underrated the force of popular attachment to the old imperial line and overrated the strength of the ecclesiastical party the cause of rudolph now entirely depended upon the support of the saxons who were hostile to henry on grounds quite distinct from those of the gregorians with whom indeed they had no real sympathy henry held a large assembly of his friends at nuremberg june eleventh through the thirteenth when it was resolved to collect fresh forces and attack rudolph in saxony the king went to mainz and having mustered a large corps there of burghers from the rhenish towns he took up an almost unassailable position on the lower neckar and waited there for reinforcements from bavaria and bohemia as soon as gregory had heard of henry's movements he sent instructions to his legates to demand a safe conduct for himself from both parties that he might go to germany and arbitrate between their claims whichever party refused the escort was to be anathematized but neither of the two was inclined to accede to his demands. Rudolf's side was offended because the Pope had not immediately recognized his election. Henry was angry with him because his legates, by openly espousing the cause of Rudolf, had violated the compact made at Canossa. Gregory now abandoned his projected visit to Germany and retired from Lombardy to Rome the nobles made an attempt to bring the strife to an end without bloodshed it was agreed that an armistice should be made until a great diet which was to meet on november first ten seventy seven for the settlement of the question whoever did not observe the armistice was to be reckoned a common enemy henry however took little heed of it and busied himself with warlike preparations whilst he was rambling up and down his dominions rudolph's authority was undisputed in saxony but the proposed diet came to nothing and on november twelfth at goslar the legate cardinal bernhardt pronounced the ban upon henry 
and declared Rudolf to be the legitimate king. The Archbishop of Mainz and seven suffragans also published the anathema. Rudolf celebrated Christmas at Goslar with great pomp, and messengers were dispatched to the Pope, imploring him to ratify the act of his legate. But Henry also sent two envoys, and his power was too great to be despised. Bavaria, Schwabia, Bohemia, Lombardy, Burgundy were all on his side, and Lotharingia and Franconia were not actively hostile. In fact, since the meeting at Canossa, Henry's prospects had improved, while Gregory was becoming every day more entangled in a web of difficulties and dangers. He who seemed to hold the fate of the German kingdom and the Roman Empire in his hand could not venture upon a bold line of action in any direction. In Italy, he was hampered on the one side by a strong adverse party in Lombardy, and on the other side by the suspicious movements of the Normans, Robert Guiscar having seized Benevento on the death of Duke Landolf VI without an heir. In Germany, the Pope had no material force at his disposal to aid either side, and the two seemed so nearly balanced that he shrank from declaring positively for either, and took refuge in an equivocating policy. He neither ratified nor repudiated the decision of his legate in favor of Rudolf, and he reopened negotiations with Henry. The death of the Empress Agnes, at the close of the year 1077, and of Gerald of Ostia, one of his most trustworthy legates, increased his difficulties in dealing with German affairs. He now relinquished all hope of settling the strife between Henry and Rudolf in person, but after the Lenten Synod at Rome, 1078, he sent fresh legates to Germany, with instructions to hold a council in which they were to arbitrate between the rivals, and if possible arrange terms of peace it is significant of his anxiety to conciliate the german clergy at this crisis that the prohibition of lay investiture was not repeated at the synod and many bishops were kindly received who had accepted the ring and staff at the hands of henry rudolph and his party were bitterly disappointed and irritated at the results of this synod their envoys had been received in secret henry's in public and the new legates were conducted to germany by udo archbishop of trier who was known to be an advocate of henry's cause the saxon nobles wrote a letter to the pope accusing him of ingratitude and of causing misery to the country by his vacillation for two more weary years from ten seventy eight to ten eighty the balance wavered between the two contending sides the pope hesitating to throw his weight into either scale he wrote letters demanding a diet at which his legates were to arbitrate, and anathematizing all who should hinder it. But the diet did not meet, and war broke out. On August 7, 1078, Henry defeated a portion of Rudolf's army at Melrichstadt by the river Streu in Franconia. Envoys from both sides were heard at a Lateran council in November, but received ambiguous answers. At the Lent Synod in 1079, the Pope was urged to renew the anathema on Henry, but the final decision was again postponed to Whitsuntide, nor did it even then take place. At length, after many fruitless embassies to Rome, and proposals for a council which was always frustrated or deferred, the armies of the rival kings met, 
january twenty seventh ten eighty near the river unstrut in thuringia and after a fierce and bloody battle henry was totally defeated rudolph and his partisans now determined to force the pope to a decision in their favour they sent a letter to him severely reproaching him for having prolonged the strife in germany by his irresolution and demanding his recognition of a divine decision in the victory with which the arms of rudolph had been blessed gregory now perceived that if he would retain any influence in germany the decisive step must be taken the lent synod at rome in the first week of march ten eighty was largely attended fifty archbishops and bishops were present and a host of abbots and clergy chiefly from italy and gaul the strongest decrees ever framed against lay investiture were now issued emperor king duke or count who persisted in the practice would be liable to excommunication the clergy and people were to make free elections to ecclesiastical offices and if their choice was perverted by secular influence the appointment was to lapse to the metropolitan or the pope a long list of persons excommunicated was then read the most conspicuous being the archbishops tedalt of milan and Wibert of ravenna the normans were threatened with the same fate if they dared to make any further encroachments upon benevento fermo or the duchy of spoleto then the envoys of rudolph had an audience and made the worst of henry's offences his seizure of the kingdom after he had been deposed his violent ejection of bishops and abbots whom he replaced with nominees of his own his incessant efforts to frustrate the meeting which the pope had called for the settlement of the strife the misery and bloodshed caused by the war which he had provoked their tale of wrongs was patiently heard the envoys of henry on the contrary were hardly permitted to speak on the last day of the synod march seventh gregory pronounced judgment after invoking st peter and st paul as witnesses of his truth of the reluctance with which he had occupied the papal throne and of the countless troubles which he had suffered on behalf of the church he briefly reviewed and justified his action during the past four years he had restored henry to the communion of the church but not to his throne he had proposed to decide the question at a council in germany and since rudolph had been elected without his advice or consent his constant aim had been to bring about a meeting at which he might examine and adjudicate upon the rival claims of the two kings but such a council had been perpetually thwarted by henry who had brought misery upon the church and kingdom by sacrilegious violence and war wherefore he declared the said henry and all his partisans excommunicate deprived him of the kingdoms of germany and italy forbade all the faithful to obey him and absolved from their oath all who had sworn or should swear allegiance to him he bestowed the kingdom upon rudolph and absolved from their sins all who should faithfully adhere to him so act i pray you most holy fathers that all the world may know that if ye can bind and loose in heaven ye can also give or take away kingdoms dukedoms principalities and all other possessions according to the merits of each man for ye have often taken away patriarchates archbishoprics and bishoprics from the wicked to bestow them on the good and if ye judge in spiritual things 
ought ye not to be deemed able to judge in worldly things let your sentence against henry be speedily executed and may he be so turned to repentance that his spirit may be saved in the day of the lord having at last taken the decisive step the confidence of gregory in his divine authority seemed to increase and he hazarded a prediction that before the day of saints peter and paul june twenty ninth henry would have either lost his life or his throne but as after the humiliation of henry at canossa so now the blow seemed to recoil upon him who gave it there was a revulsion of feeling in favour of the king his party in italy and germany became stronger and more compact ravenna and the romagna became centres of an organised movement against the pope and the Paterines. most of the german bishops rallied around henry at bamberg where he spent easter many of them renounced obedience to gregory and at whitsuntide an assembly of nineteen bishops and several lay lords in mainz resolved to depose him and elect another pope hutzmann bishop of speyer addressed a letter to the lombards and dietrich of verdun addressed another to the nobles and clergy throughout the empire full of fierce denunciations of gregory and earnest appeals for help to get rid of the turbulent monk on june twenty fifth a large assembly was held at brixen where he was deposed by a decree signed by twenty-seven bishops out of thirty and anathema was pronounced on him and on rudolph and all his adherents wibert of ravenna was unanimously elected anti-pope the next day june twenty sixth ten eighty he was a man of high birth handsome presence dignified manners good abilities and irreproachable morals he had spent much time at the court of henry the third and had administered italian affairs as chancellor of the kingdom during the minority of henry the fourth for a short time after his election to the see of ravenna he had been on friendly terms with gregory but a dispute had soon arisen about rights of jurisdiction over imola and other matters after which he became the head of the anti-papal party in lombardy such a complete schism in the holy roman empire had never yet been witnessed there were two rival kings and two rival popes and only war could decide the issue of the contest the festival of saints peter and paul arrived but gregory's prediction of henry's downfall had not been fulfilled he was not only alive but vigorously preparing for an attack upon rudolph the pope saw the urgent need of securing some military aid and he sought it from the norman chief whom he had hitherto denounced and excommunicated as an invader of roman territory through the help of desiderius the abbot of monte cassino a meeting was arranged at ceprano between gregory and robert guiscard robert became a tributary of the pope and took an oath to defend him and his legitimate successors against all unlawful usurpers he was then invested as duke of apulia calabria and sicily with the gift of a consecrated banner it was commonly reported that the pope offered the imperial throne to robert but this seems scarcely credible and robert's ambition just then was directed rather to the new than to the old rome his daughter was married to the son of the eastern emperor michael the seventh but michael had just been deposed and robert was anxious to drive out the usurper nicephorus botaniates and restore michael to the throne 
or occupy it himself gregory reckoned on his partisans in germany especially altman bishop of passau and the dukes welf and berthold to counteract the movements of henry whilst with the aid of the normans he hoped to make an attack on the schismatics in lombardy he appealed for help but in vain to william the conqueror and the king of denmark he summoned all the faithful in italy to aid in recovering ravenna for st peter out of the hands of the ungodly the expedition was to be made in september but the normans did not come to the muster and in fact he had no powerful ally in italy on whom he could rely except the great countess matilda and even she was just then crippled by a rebellion amongst her vassals gregory however quailed not he staked his hopes upon a decisive battle to be fought in germany the battle was to be but the issue was not to fulfil his expectations on october fifteenth ten eighty the armies of the rival kings met on the banks of the river zala in saxony after a long and bloody contest henry was defeated but rudolph was mortally wounded and the remainder of the year was wasted by his party in disputing who should be elected to succeed him henry prepared meanwhile for a visit to italy early in the following year to secure as he hoped the consecration of Wibert as pope and his own coronation in march he set out crossed the brenner and spent easter at verona and thence hastened to milan where he probably received the iron crown from milan he went to ravenna and having raised some additional forces in the march of ancona he advanced toward rome ravaging the territories of matilda on the way it was reported that he had made terms with robert guiscard at any rate robert paid no heed to gregory's appeal for aid although it was urged by desiderius the abbot of monte cassino the pope sent messengers to his friends in germany imploring succour but help came neither from the north nor from the south and his friends in rome advised him to make terms with henry but the intrepid pope declared that he would rather die than yield he expressed confidence that the roman people at least would stand by him and in this expectation he was not deceived the walls were repaired and manned on friday before whit sunday may twenty first ten eighty one henry with a small force appeared before rome he had flattered himself that the romans would welcome his coming and expel the pope but he found them prepared for an obstinate resistance the holy festival had to be kept outside the walls mass was celebrated in a tent and some sorry pretense of crowning the king was made here he tarried till the end of june when an outbreak of fever warned him to retreat and he turned his back upon rome more humiliated and discomfited than when he left canossa there the door had at last been opened to him but the gates of the imperial city had remained obstinately closed his repulse in italy of course emboldened his opponents in germany who at last elected hermann brother to the count conrad of luxembourg as successor to rudolph and crowned him at goslar henry however had still a strong party in italy he spent the remainder of the year amongst the northern towns bestowing privileges on many of them in return for which they promised to support him against the countess matilda in fact only florence remained quite steadfast to her 
but her indomitable energy and the ability and zeal of her confidential adviser anselm bishop of lucca not only enabled her to save her own dominions but even to send some aid to the pope in the spring of the next year ten eighty two henry returned to rome with a larger force he made appeals and specious promises to the citizens but in vain then he laid siege to the city and the siege was gradually turned into a blockade provisions and money became very scarce matilda melted down the plate of the church at canossa to relieve the pope's necessities and no succour came from any quarter robert guiscard was on the other side of the adriatic the anti-king was prevented from leaving germany by the death of otto of nordheim his vice-regent in saxony henry after revisiting lombardy returned next year with augmented forces and succeeded at length in taking the greater part of the city except the castle of st angelo where gregory himself was lodged and on june third the royal army lay encamped around st peter's again the friends of gregory implored him in mercy to the distressed city to make terms but again the dauntless pope refused let the king lay down his crown and make satisfaction to the church and on no other terms would he treat with him henry exacted a promise from the roman nobles that they would force gregory to crown him by november first or elect a new pope and then he withdrew to spend the summer in lombardy End of section 18